Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. You gotta be kidding me. What? You've got to be kidding me. What? Are you looking at the TV right now? Holcomb calls for state-sponsored... Immigration. Immigration. Oh, boy. That is the headline on our news gathering partners at Wish TV. I don't even know what it is, but I just know it's the most Eric Holcomb thing ever. It's not Holcomb calls to help elderly people stay in their home. Holcomb calls to solve one of largest gas taxes in the entire nation. Holcomb calls to solve out-of-control budget that's going to be over $43 billion. Holcomb calls for mass changes to socialized medicine program that plagues state and cost taxpayers billions. It's Holcomb calls for state-sponsored immigration. I don't know what it is, but I know it's the most Holcomb thing ever. Apparently, he's asking Congress to give states control over immigration. (laughs) That's what it is. So, the governor of Indiana, Mm -hmm. uh, you may remember him, Malik Muhammad, uh, best best friend. They had the meet and greet, Mm -hmm. and he let Malik write part of the police reform bill, and Mm -hmm. then, of course, Malik went to Portland and is now in jail for you know, trying to kill cops. Um, his new idea. Uh, now, look, Casey, we talked the other day about the enumerated powers clause where it spells out in the Constitution. Now, I know Holcomb, as he clearly showed in 2020, has absolutely no reverence or care whatsoever for liberty and freedom and the Constitution and the limits on government and limits on excessive government. But in that little thing called the Constitution, it spells out the 18-ish things that the government is supposed to do and everything else is left to the states. And I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. citizenship and laws governing citizenship is one of the things that the government should actually be doing. Okay, so it says he's asking Congress to give states the ability to sponsor an unspecified number of immigrants every year, a program (laughs) similar to what universities and companies use. This guy... He wrote this in an op-ed, apparently. This guy, who is the face of the Republican Party in Indiana, who is the total representation of the Republican Party in Indiana, who has absolutely zero check and balance by the Republicans in the General Assembly, based on the fact that in three years, they have not done a single damn thing that would stop him from doing exactly what he did in 2020. His focus is on making sure that his big business buddies Mm -hmm. and their continual quest for never-ending foreign workers... That's where his priority is. Not solving the property tax issue, not ensuring that you can stay in your home, not fixing what we're about to talk about in a little bit, which is one of the ever-rising, continual highest gas taxes in the nation. It's making sure that illegal immigrants can find a way to stay in the state. He wrote, the rapidly declining birth rate and accelerating retirement across the United States mean that states' already wide job gap will grow to crisis proportions without more families causing states' growth engines to sputter. Sputter! Uh, we weren't even going to lead with that. No. I just, it's like it popped up right before we went on the air. And it's yeah. just, it's, what, I just, why, if you are a Republican, like an actual Republican who believes in the Republican Party platform, 
Why is this, why is this okay? Why do you keep voting for these people? This is not a Rob Casey or Kevin problem. We're at, we divorced from this equation a long time ago. Why do you keep voting for this? Why will you vote for this again? Why, why is this what you are willing to accept from the Indiana Republican Party? That your governor, a supposed Republican, never focuses on you. It's always everyone but you. He's asking Congress to allow states to decide how many immigrants should be allowed to legally enter the country. Control back to the states I, I, is what I I get from this. But this, but immigration is not a state, state issue. Right, right. It, you're you're very rarely ever going to hear me argue that that is the job of the federal government. But as someone who actually cares about the Constitution mm-hmm. and the powers delegated there within, the job of the federal government, the Congress, is immigration. That's one of the few things they should be doing. And the again. You are what you what you delegate your attention to. Your what you delegate your time and attention to is your priority. And Holcomb, as the face of the Republican Party in the state, who has never checked, he's never balanced, he's allowed to do whatever he wants over and over and over again. The fact is, you have seen the Republicans in the General Assembly get out of committee a bill that would give illegal immigrants driver's licenses. Mm -hmm. And now you're seeing the governor call for the ability of him, I guess him, I don't know, he does everything by executive order, to just go, well, I should just be able to say who stays and who goes. Because, well, to steal a phrase from George Bush, I'm the decider. Any proposal involving immigration would require congressional action. You're listening to Kendall and Casey, by the way. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> It'll be the people who go, oh, well, there's a wor- there's a, a worker shortage or there's a job gap or whatever phraseology that you would like to use or he was using there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. It's not his job. It's not the job of the states. It's not the job of the governors. Border security and immigration is the job of the United States Congress. If he wants more illegal immigrants to be able to come into the country legally, illegally, whatever, then he needs to call his buddies, you know, Greg Pence, uh, Larry Bouchon, Jim Baird. Mm -hmm. I'm sure uh, Holcomb has a direct line and loves himself some Kevin McCarthy. Call those people. Maybe he's eyeing another job for when his term is over. It is 13 minutes after nine. All right. Uh, We were going to get into the lunatic lady who's on the Trump jury. Emily Coors. Yeah, but uh, I I need to take a break to recharge here because (laughs) we're going to need some time to talk about this. Okay. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. I just want to. 17 minutes after 9, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, Thursday, February 23rd. I feel the flow of the show is going to be amazing today. Let's look at what's trending. (laughs) Krispy Kreme has unveiled a new Reese's-inspired donut. It's where salty and sweet meet. And speaking of that, you haven't brought donuts in in a while, so that's just a little soft suggestion. Soft suggestion. Keep the people happy. Is that like a soft sell? Yes. Give them what they want. They want donuts. uh, He loves those chocolate chip donuts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's they're they're good. 
they're good. So, so we might have to try you know, the Reese's ones. You know, mosey on down there anytime sure. now. Yes, okay. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> also trending is the first generation iPhone, which fetched over $63,000 at auction. This thing was in its original oh, yeah, shrink wrap box. Uh-huh. There were 27 bids. They thought it was going to fetch between twenty and $40,000. Ended up coming in at $63,356.40 at auction. Okay, so you can't use it. You can't take it out of the package. Why would you use it? It's obviously totally antiquated in terms of the mm-hmm. technology. So you're going to pay something $60,000 for something you can't even see. Right, right you're going to look at. Yeah. It's from 2007. Now, I, I did not have an iPhone until years after the original iPhone. Mm-hmm. Cell phones used to come in boxes. Mm-hmm. Is this in an act? Do we know? Is it in an actual box or yep. can you see the phone? No, you can't see the phone. There's a picture of the phone on the box. Yeah. But it is still shrink wrap. And how do you know the phone's even in there? Right. Well, I guess you're just trusting that it's still in Here, there. Here, look at my, like, I'm going to come my over, box. I'm going to come over to Kev's house and Kev's going to go, Rob, look at this incredible artifact that I have on display in my, in my room. Oh, what, Kev? I can't wait. Look at my box. <laughs> it makes for a great paperweight. <laughs> <laughs> also trending, the Indian. Indianapolis Indians announced that the club is partnering with the Miami Nation of Indians of Indiana, and the team will keep the name, the Indianapolis Indians, which they've had since 1902. I love this. They're going to keep it at least until... 2024. Yeah, well, they'll keep it, or they should, because there's zero reason to change the name of the team. Uh, And our state name is Mm -hmm. Indiana. Mm -hmm. We are in the capital city, which is Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. So unless we're changing all of those things, which given the fact of Hogsett running this city, Holcomb running this state, probably not out of the question. But until that time, I think it's fine for the baseball team Mm -hmm. that plays in the capital city of Indiana, which is Indianapolis, to remain the Indianapolis Indians. Indians. 20 after 9, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about this four-person, Emily Coors. What do we think of this lady? So there was a special grand jury that convened in Georgia, and the job of this grand jury was to examine, quote, possible election interference from Donald Trump. Well, this woman who was the foreperson of the jury. She embarked herself on a little media tour and she was pretty much telegraphing a lot of the panel's findings. Okay. And she went on TV. I just, she was everywhere. Yeah, and, and and regardless of whether it's illegal technically or not, I think the average person looks at this, regardless of political affiliation, and says highly inappropriate. Mm -hmm. Now, Georgia, I believe, has two sets of grand juries. They have a grand jury that reviews evidence Mm -hmm. and then a grand jury that will choose whether to make the indictment. She was on the evidence Mm -hmm. grand jury. Doesn't matter the fact that this person, and Casey, you will back me up on this, as you have seen the video. We're going to play you the audio. The look on her face alone Mm -hmm. would tell you that if you were a prosecutor that is interested in in putting people on a jury that are interested in justice, Mm -hmm. you would cancel her out immediately. This is a person who is totally enjoying the spotlight, and I think it takes about eight seconds to realize her political affiliation, and there ain't nothing about that that is interested in truth, justice, and the American way. Uh, So let's put a little bit of audio to this, and um, yikes. It's not a short list. So we're talking about more than a dozen people? I would say that, yes. 
Are these recognizable names, names that people would know? There are certainly names that you would recognize, yes. So she's talking about people that may be Mm -hmm. indicted. Mm -hmm. And like, okay, Casey, if you were, my dad and I were talking about this last night. Let's put it in reverse and say you were a grand jury investigating Biden, uh, Obama, Clinton, whoever, the living Democrat president is even Jimmy Carter still living, but whatever. Let's just say it's Biden. Wouldn't you, because of the immense um, gravity of that position, like you are investigating, in this case, it's a former president who is running for president again, or in the case of Joe Biden, you are investigating the current president or back at the people's whitewater you're you're investigating a current president the gravity mm-hmm. of that alone mm-hmm. if you are a person who at all cares about justice and truth and making sure that justice is served wouldn't you want to stay as far away from any sense of impropriety whatsoever and in the current lunatic world in which we live mm-hmm. why would you even want your face out there yeah she doesn't seem very objective at all and like you mentioned she loves the attention and really likes having the information this is someone who's like i know something you don't know do not ever tell this woman a secret yeah Because it's getting out. So here she is saying it would have been really cool Mm -hmm. to subpoena Trump. Because I know, Casey, when I'm thinking of who I want deciding justice and justice being blind, I want somebody thinking how cool it would have been Mm -hmm. to subpoena one of the people that may be at the center of the case in question. Personally, want to hear from the former president. I wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to square everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in? I just, I kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment. It would be so fun. It would be so cool, Rob. I mean, this is a typical modern day attention seeker. But here's my question. The other jurors elected her as the foreman. Yes. So what are they possibly like when they say, yeah, yeah, we trust you to be the leader of the grand jury. If Donald Trump did something wrong or illegal, like any other American, and we say the same thing about Joe Biden, so we're going to say it about Donald Trump, then the, then he should be, you know, given, prosecuted under the full extent of the law. But I don't think any person, we're about to play a clip that even CNN, and this is the best part of all of this, mm-hmm. was this interaction on CNN. But any person, regardless of your political affiliation, should want to know that whatever comes down, indicted, not indicted, that you add an objective group of people without any agenda, just like you would want a jury of your peers to be Mm -hmm. if your life was in somebody else's hands, a non-agenda-driven group of people who are interested in the truth and not their own political narrative or attention-seeking in the process. Look, I know that jurors after a case, a high-profile case, will sometimes give interviews, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the OJ jury or whatever, after the case is decided, usually long after the case is decided. This woman, while we don't know if there's even going to be indictments, much less a case being decided, is out there promoting herself Mm -hmm. I just she it's almost like she's playing a game of guess who that's a daughter that's a game I used to play with my daughter and it's like does your person have a blue shirt is he wearing glasses is your person known for being orange she's just like <laughs> dropping all of these hints without actually saying it but it's so transparent you know what she's saying 
Okay, so this is the best part of all of this. This woman's behavior was so ridiculous that even CNN, and Mm -hmm. I love this because CNN is not concerned that she was on the jury with these clear biases or a person with this little self-control is on the jury. They're fine with that. They're upset she outed herself as being a complete partisan lunatic. And this is Anderson Cooper with a guy named, uh, I believe it's Eric Honing, I think maybe is his name. He's a former U.S. assistant, uh, assistant U.S. attorney from New York. And listen to how they're not upset that she was the thing. They're upset that she outed herself as the thing. I, this person is talking on TV. I do not understand. She's clearly enjoying herself. Yeah. Um, but... I mean, is this responsible? She was the foreperson of this grand jury. This is a horrible idea, and I guarantee you that prosecutors are wincing watching her go on this. I was wincing just (laughs) watching her eagerness to, like, you know, hint at stuff. It's painful in that respect. This is a very serious prospect here. We're talking about indicting any person. You're talking about potentially taking away that person's liberty. We're talking about potentially a former president for the first time in this nation's history. She does not seem to be taking that very seriously. There's no reason for her to be out talking. No. It's a prosecutor's nightmare. Mark my words. Donald Trump's team is going to make a motion if there's an indictment to dismiss that indictment based on grand jury impropriety. She's Mm -hmm. not supposed to be talking about anything, really, but she's really not supposed to be talking about the deliberations. She's talking about what specific witnesses they saw, what the grand jury thought of them. She says some of them we found credible, some of them we found funny. I don't know why that's relevant, but she's been saying we found this guy funny or interesting. I think she's potentially crossing a line here. It's going to be a real problem for prosecutors. You know who's really happy about her being all over TV? Trump's attorneys. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's a special grand jury and they have the power to recommend charges but not issue him. And if the panel does recommend charges, it would be to the Fulton County District Attorney, who, by the way, is the same person who launched the criminal probe. But that's the person who will determine whether or not to pursue them. And now Trump's attorneys were given a gift by this woman. You know who is always for truth, justice in the American way. And I would love for him to be on my jury. Kurt Darling. Kurt Darling. Yeah, he's up next with the news on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. figure out what in the world is going on at the Indiana State House. He spent 30 years as a part of the Indiana Senate, former Senator Jim Merritt. How are you, my friend? Good morning, Robert. Okay, so let's start with the news that the gas tax is going up again. It will raise to So, I guess we should clarify. There are two taxes on gas. Republicans love the gas tax so much there's not one but two. There is the <laughs> Gas tax, which is the one that I rail about all the time that goes up every year without discussion. It goes up one penny, I think, July 1st. And then there is the sales tax on gas, which is the 7% sales tax that you pay on everything. That will escalate to 18.6 cents. When you combine the two together, it fluctuates month month to month because it's based on the price of gas. But it's over 60 cents per gallon of gas you buy. People should puke when they hear this, right? You, you know, uh, these two taxes, <clears throat> these two buckets, if you will, are completely different. 
the automatic, I think the legislature ought to revisit. The other uh, is really uh, inflation, economic conditions that we don't really have any control over. Uh, and and so I, I believe, as you know, everything in the public square, we ought to be discussing everything. But you and I disagree on the gas tax itself. I believe it's a user fee, and I believe we need good highways as a result user, of those. Two user fees? Two, well, yes. I mean, there's two user fees. Right, right. Okay. And, and that that's age-old. So you and I had this conversation on Statehouse Happenings, which will be posted later today on the podcast, Sunday mornings on WIBC It Runs. My issue is we've got a gajillion dollars in the surplus, and you and I can agree, because we're government-speak people, that the surplus is over-taxation. It's more taxes collected than needed to fund the colossally large Republican budget. Right, but you've got a boulder on your shoulder because of property taxes. Well, I've got I've got, I've got got a boulder on my shoulder all the time because you guys keep <laughs> stacking rocks on top of me with the excessive taxation. It's not your fault anymore. Yeah. But... but how are we going to say, okay, we've got so much money that we can't even fund our colossally large budget, but then we keep raising your taxes? That seems very anti-Republican Party platform to me. Well, yes, and, and, and the Republican Party has always stood for low taxes. You are correct there, Robert. I, I will say this, that Senator Travis Holdman, and it has passed the Senate, wants uh, a, a two-year study on all of taxation in state government because every so once in a while, every 10 years or so, it gets out of whack. And I and I'm every really- Every 10 years? Well- You mean every 10 seconds? <laughs> bottom line is, is- the, the legislature and the administrative branch of state government has to constantly look at themselves to say, is this worth it? Are we overtaxing? Are we, well, of course, we're not undertaxing. And we we, we just have to Don't ha- give take ideas, a look at the Jim. whole. Don't give them ideas. <laughs> we have to t- look at the whole nut. And uh, hopefully, uh, Senator Holdman and his commission uh, kind of unveil ways that we can streamline and not tax so much, Robert. How do you get on, oh, I'm going to hold my breath on that one. Uh, how do you Adult. get on, how do, you, you appointed people to various commissions over the years, mm-hmm. uh, former Senator Jim Merritt, our guest. How do I get on the tax commission? Because I feel like I'd be a great addition and those people would love to be around me. Well, I have bad news. Oh. You're not going to get on oh. it. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, is there an application process? Is well, there a uh, interview? It, it, it will be uh, select members of the legislature. Oh. They may have some lay members, oh. meaning somebody from the from the public, like uh-huh. the Chamber of Commerce or, oh. or, or um, somebody from well, a Fiscal Policy Institute. Why wouldn't they want the guy who wrote the largest municipal property tax cut in state history? I mean, I would, be a huge, I would be a huge I think addition. you need to put an application in, Well, uh, John Crane has told his staff, do not respond to me in a, any shape, form, or mm-hmm. uh, fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what what do I do? Do I just uh, slide a letter under his desk? No, or, I think uh, you ought to write the governor. Oh. <laughs> I, I think you ought to go to the governor's office. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, the, ex- you said something on Statehouse Happenings. This is why I like you, because you are more than willing to admit I've made an egregious mistake. The gas tax, you and I had very spirited conversations. I loved it. In 2017 about the gas tax, I begged you not to vote for that increase. Now you are saying it was probably wrong to vote for a tax that goes up every single year without discussion. Yes, I think that's exactly right. I think that everything ought to be under discussion every two years with the budget. I think it ought to be amplified. I think it ought to be spotlighted, a big target on on the back, because it's all about transparency. 
and uh, the less transparency, the less liberty, if you will. And uh, that's a big word, but it's true. And so, yes, I, I we, we talked about that at length. I think that... Uh, the uh, tax on gas. Yeah, there's yeah. two of them. You yeah. guys liked it so much I, I, you did it twice. I, I, yes, and I, I can be for user fees, but I also can be for uh, the idea of transparency on those user fees. You know these people over there at the State House. Jim Merritt is our guest, former state senator. Like, I look at, you're sitting on $6 billion, yes. and I would feel so guilty walking into work every day knowing I have $6 billion of someone else's money that even in the colossally large budget, which, of course, I would never vote for, but even if you are voting for it, you don't need, and there is no sense of urgency of, hey, we should probably give it back. Right. And, and, and uh, how do these people do it with a straight face? Well, there there are different opportunities for pe- for the for the legislature to put in the budget that you're uh, uh, you're cutting taxes. There are different ways that um, uh, that can happen that I don't know are happening that because ref- they're not. Yeah. They refine uh, government services. You don't hear that enough out of state government yeah. where you're where they're being more proficient and more efficient. And I, I think I think if I have a criticism of state government uh they need to put a microscope on so many different things there's a there's a prison being rebuilt at westville northwest indiana where they're going to spend 1.2 billion dollars and it's really just for warehousing human beings yeah it, it, there's not anything that deals with re-entry now that needs a microscope as well and that's that's a big part of what you're talking about with the surplus and we need to do a better job of government services and talking about those services and making those services more efficient, more proficient, Robert. Uh, Jim Barron, our guest, former Indiana State Senator, 30 years in the Indiana Senate. So, of course, uh, our audience is aware and uh, uh, posted it over at Robin Kendall on Twitter that a little birdie who is really good at going through the budget, it's very hard to go through the state budget, right? Absolutely. And the average hundreds, person could, could not do it and understand Hundreds it. and hundreds of pages. Luckily, it's hard I, to read. Yes, I have, and they do that deliberately so that people won't understand it. And uh, luckily, I have birdies all over the place who absolutely loathe the people they work for and are are willing to, from time to time, send me things that are highly egregious that the average person won't find. One of those things was that our old buddies of the Republicans at the State House have proposed giving themselves a $1.5 million boost in uh, salary increases for 24-25. That comes out to about fifteen grand a lawmaker. I am also highly offended that they keep telling me, well, you know, there's not really much to help you with on property taxes, and hey, your gas tax is going to go up again, And uh, but hey, we found 1.5 million for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it, <clears throat> we haven't seen the whole budget because it hasn't been completely hashed out. But I think it's really important for everyone to know that they have a legislator, they have a senator, and they have a a representative, and they need to talk to them about it. And, and Robert, I'm glad you brought this up because everybody, everything needs to be discussed. And if if um, if you don't believe that a state senator or state representatives a state representative is is of that value uh, you need to vote in the next election and um, and I'm glad you're bringing it to this floor now uh for you never vote to give yourself a fifteen thousand dollar pay increase would you well I didn't I didn't it, it, when, when I did it raised it seven thousand dollars from eleven thousand six hundred dollars to approximately eighteen thousand dollars but it was also tied to massive pension reform right it exactly ended up actually it, saving that's people exactly money. right it was it was attached to um 
massive uh, pension form uh, reform. And, and but the bottom line here is that it, it's in the public square. It needs to be discussed, and I'm and uh, I'm glad we're talking about it. Uh. Do these guys, I was having a conversation with somebody the other night, and you obviously were over the 30 years. You know these people better than I do. Then the person said, one of the things that COVID kind of taught us is that the politicians, no matter what they do, don't have anything to fear, right? I mean, look at look at what happened in this state, and everybody just keeps getting reelected because the letter, the letter is more important than anything now. If you're a Republican in Indiana, you're safe. Diego can get easily elected. Todd Young can get easily reelected. Let's go to Pennsylvania. John Fetterman, the high goodnight everybody guy, can win a U.S. Senate seat. That we're just kind of just Politicians are almost insulated as long as they don't rock the boat and they don't fear the people anymore. Well, and, and you know, just take it the other side of it. That that there is such a demand uh, on a legislator for transparency to push back on the idea that they are just they're they're uh, they've got a cylinder they're 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 just got visqueen around them that they don't have to uh, they've got do what, what they have what, what what they got what they have they have the Teflon what effect. word did you use well, I've never, I've this, never... Uh, plastic clear plastic <laughs> you know such a wordsmith Jim. yeah well uh, I was searching for it but Teflon factor is okay. big with the legislature right now yeah. and we in the public have to ask the questions uh, that uh, we're asking on this program today all right before i let you go i want to say congratulations yes you're gonna be a grandfather uh, again. one more time yes. yeah and uh abby we're gonna is gonna have their baby and it's just a wonderful day and uh 20 seconds you got a new podcast coming I out do. with kloppenstein yes <laughs> kloppenstein yeah. and it, it's uh merit in the morning it's gonna be a podcast and uh we're gonna uh we're going to uh, produce it at Cafe Audrey in the Fort, Fort Harrison. And uh, Kloppenstein's beer is the sponsor. Is yes, Alpsbrow. Yes. Yeah, there yeah you it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, love it. Uh, former Indiana State Senator Jim Merritt, thank you, my friend. Thank you. 93 WIBC, it's the Kendall and Casey Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. 948, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Roughly one in six retired Americans say they're mulling over whether to get a job again. This is a recent study done by Paychecks. Unretiring individuals, they've typically been out of the workforce for about four years. They say the top reasons they're considering going back to work, personal reasons, needing more money, that's a biggie, getting bored, feeling lonely, and inflation. Those are the top five reasons for unretiring. Isn't it interesting how going back to the original election of Obama, they talked about remaking America or re-envisioning America or whatever phraseology that they used at the time. And you got to give them credit. It is now taken, let's see, that was 08, 15 years, but they really have done that. Now, to the benefit of whom, I'm not sure. But the idea that, I mean, it used to be a very American thing that I would work for a select period of time, 30 mm-hmm. years, 35 years, whatever, and then my golden days would be spent doing the things that I like to do. Mm-hmm. 
However, now because of the policies of our government, it appears more and more older people are having to recalibrate and rethink that approach. Yeah. Yeah the golden years, not so golden for many people. Okay, so this number of older adults going back in the workforce has been growing, and they're talking about people aged 65 to 74. It used to be that the participation rate was at 25%, and by what, the year 2031, they say that's going to go up to 30%, so one in three retirement age adults are going to be back in the workforce. They say there, there's some questions you need to ask yourself. That's striking, isn't it? That's that's a lot. One in three people deciding to unretire, and uh, oh, an overwhelming number of those. Now, look, there are all sorts of people who, as they get older, they you know you worked a full time job and then you retired that job, and maybe after a year or two, you go, "Hey, I'm kind of bored." I mean, you know, and that's totally understandable, and that's mm-hmm. always been. And we're not talking about that. That's always been a part of the existence, the feeling lonely, whatever. But clearly. The fact that needing money and inflation mm-hmm. are... They're two of the top five reasons. That, that is a direct result mm-hmm. of the policies of the government. Mm-hmm. So when you're considering going back to work or unretiring, they say you have to ask yourself, what's the purpose of the job? Obviously, if it's to earn money, it's to earn money because you need it. But if you're seeking other reasons, you have to consider, is this a low stress job? Does it provide some flexibility? Something that you have to consider though, is if you start collecting your social security, isn't there a cap on how much you can earn while still collecting social security? Great question, Casey. That's why you gotta call our guy, Bill Demering. (laughs) He would totally be able to tell you that. Uh, For this year, the cap is $21,000, right? So for every $2 over the limit, Social Security will hold $1 from your benefits? Okay, so, so think about what a giant, colossal pile of crap that is. Now, somebody's going to get mad because I'm going to use the word the entitlement, and mm-hmm. some some senior citizen is going to call and scream that they've worked their whole lives for that money. So I'm, I'm prefacing, if that is you and you need the earmuffs, we're about to talk about entitlements. Think about this. You paid into the dealio, right? Mm-hmm. And that should be, right? You're told it's your money. But then what they tell you is, if you dare have the audacity to work, Go back to work, then I guess it's not really your money, which would kind of give credence to what we've been talking about, which is this is a giant Ponzi scheme mm-hmm. and everything about the government is a colossal scam. And Kevin and I are going to get stuck with absolutely no money whatsoever. So pretty much what they're saying is you worked your whole life, you decided to retire, and then for whatever reason, boredom, personal reasons, inflation, feeling lonely, whatever it is, you decide you want to go back to work. Yeah. But if you do that, you better not make more than Uh $21,000 or they're going to start taking away from your benefits. That you already paid into. Right. That That is supposed to be yours. Now, and this is the question, because remember when the crazy lunatic people were screaming at me for using the term entitlement, Mm -hmm. they kept saying, I paid in to it. It's my money. Mm -hmm. And we kept trying to tell you, no, it's not your money. Your money went to someone else. And this appears to give credence to what we said, Casey, which if the fact that they can take away the money from you, then mm-hmm. it's not really your money. Right. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 <laughs> WIBC. And let's talk about plastic surgery. We've had this on the template for a few days and just never had time to get to it. Kev. T- today's the day. Kev, why are all the young people messing with their faces? What's going on? 
Why are why are women in your age range mm-hmm. consistently screwing around with their faces? I have no idea, and I didn't even notice. I didn't know this was a thing for my age group. Here is what I want you to do Friday or Saturday when you are out at one of the Greenwood or Franklin Towny bars. I want you to walk up to some <laughs> rando townie in her 20s and say, why are you screwing with your face? Yeah. And just see what she says. I can do that. Absolutely. Report they say back. One of the reasons that the younger generation is getting so much plastic surgery is because of social media. You got to look good, right? Yeah, I could see influencers doing yeah. this. You can't just filter on your app. You got to filter in real life as well. Oh, yeah. So it's it's the filters. So people are seeing other women on the internet. Mm-hmm. They think women actually look that way. They really don't. Mm-hmm. They try to make themselves look that way, but you can't really look that way because the person doesn't actually look that way. Right. And you know what? We just, we had, so you and I, Rob and I had some pictures that were updated yeah. and hopefully they're going to be uh, updated on the YouTube channel here any day now. And Casey's like, how does my right femur look in this photo? Well, you know what? <laughs> so they sent us the pictures yesterday and said, okay, what do you think of these? Are these good? And my first inclination was gosh can 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 we yeah. blur out uh-huh. some of my wrinkles my can, elbow is looking a little flabby can, on that can one we, can we buff that out <laughs> and then i thought no i'm not gonna go there it is what it is this kept, is this is what i look like this is what we're dealing I with i was responding repeatedly in all caps just pick a photo <laughs> they're all the same damn picture you did you said i like it i'll defer to casey <laughs> Like I said, I, I, my, my first instinct was like, oh gosh, no, the angry eleven between the eyebrows, and then I thought, you know what, just go with it. You just gotta. You this just gotta is real, baby. It. Yeah, just embrace it. Right. Here's the thing, Casey. Yeah. Yes, you may be a little more aged than me and Kev. <laughs> I still look good. But as we have learned from the past week with the Hold On Lemon fiasco, you yeah. are not past your prime. That's true. You're fine. That's You're true. You're beautiful. <laughs> Don't change a thing. Don't filter a thing. 82% the of people you are. are getting Botox, fillers, chemical peels, and micro-needling. Micro-needling. micro it sounds just sound, Yeah, it sounds painful, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I gave the Botox up a few years ago. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Home, son, I don't know when, but we'll get together then.